Hello, hello, hello. This is Coffee Chug. Guys, I cannot wait for you to listen to this new episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. Guys, I have interviewed another student, another kid. I shouldn't call him a kid because he's on his way to college and not just any college. He's on his way to MIT. But this 17-year-old has been not only sharing his work, but modeling the way helping students, first Lego League teams, Lego teams, engineering students, anybody involved in anything of robotics and coding for many years. You will know him not by his real name of Kyle, but by his YouTube channel name of BuilderDude35. This interview is top-notch. If you are an adult, if you are a student, you will learn so much from this young man. I was sitting there scribbling notes furiously, listening to how he chunks time, how he understands time management, what his process is of writing a book and creating weekly YouTube channels and inspiring and helping people from all over the world while also doing schoolwork and thinking about his next steps of his life, whether that's going to be robotics or another field. Without further ado, I introduce to you BuilderDude35. Make sure you got a piece of paper and a pen ready because you're going to learn a ton from this young man. I can't wait to share it with you. And as always, as always, as we continue this new season of, of storytelling and understanding the journey of so many, if you like it, guys, I'm, I'm begging, I'm pleading, I'm, I'm asking you to please leave some reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast because we could greatly use that opportunity to create some exposure so we can continue to bring some amazing guests, the guests that typically don't make the cut, and we're going to bring these voices to a platform for everyone to enjoy. All right, guys, enough of the tall, bald, ugly guy. Let's get into this episode. It's so good. Be ready. Get your pencil ready. And enjoy. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, going insane. Listening to coffee chugs like Kathy for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Hello everybody, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug and we are back with another amazing episode of here on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast and in, in this season what we're really exploring is the question of what will your story be and so as we're working to empower educators and students and parents and anybody listening in to go forth and write that next chapter in their life Sometimes we need a little motivation, and we need to hear from people who are already making it happen. And today's guest is, is, is one who has done that and has done it all before graduating high school. I guess technically you just graduated um, a few weeks back. So let's jump right into to the action here. Um, and Kyle, which probably most people who know your work don't know you as Kyle, but Kyle, why don't you go ahead and just let everybody know who you are and uh, what you do. Hello everyone, I'm Kyle, uh, more commonly known online as BuilderDude35 on my YouTube channel and website. I'm currently 17 years old, uh, I just graduated high school as, as you mentioned, and uh, right now I'm on summer vacation, but I'm, I'm still doing experiments with robots on my YouTube channel, and I'll be resuming publishing videos where I'll talk about uh, things like programming and building with the LEGO Mindstorms EV3 platform. 
That's awesome. And I know I, there's so many people that I know are, are, are going to be very jealous that I'm having a chance to talk with you. Um, I know as a, a prior first Lego league coach for eight years, as we were kind of talking before we, we hit the record button, um, your website was the site we went to time and time again. If we're like, man, how do we, how do we do this? Um, your site was always the first one that we went to. So let's maybe start it back at kind of, I guess, kind of the roots, because I'm, I'm really fascinated by your story in terms of how have you been able to do all this? You've got close to 15,000 followers on YouTube. You just published a book, which is amazing. I have a, I have a hard copy at, at home. Where did, where did this start for you? How, what, what was those beginning stages? and What age were you, I guess? And, and, and how did things kind of develop for you um, as you started to get to this place where you are now? I've always been interested in science and technology. That's something I can always remember from my childhood, especially cars were something that fascinated me. And I'd been especially interested from the beginning in the mechanical aspect of it. And I was first introduced to robotics through the Lego Mindstorms. At that time, it was the NXT. When I was about uh, 9 or 10 years old, my school had a, a few different NXT sets that they had uh, us kids tinker around with for a little bit. And it was something that I thought was really cool. So for the next few years, I, I saved up my money from uh, birthdays and whatnot. And uh, eventually, I was able to purchase my own NXT set. And I was able to start playing around with that. At that same time, I was about in um, 11 years, 10, 10 or 11 years old in sixth grade. I joined a first Lego League robotics team. So on one hand, I had um, been experimenting with the team and going to competitions and building robots for FLL. At the same time, I was also doing some small-scale projects at home. And uh, really, that's where I was learning my robotic skills and just started tinkering and honing my skills. I didn't have any solid uh, curriculum to learn off of. I was kind of just experimenting, see what worked, what didn't work, what kind of structures were strong and held together. And uh, I was then, as I mentioned before, I was more interested in the mechanical aspect at that point. So I was focusing mainly on building the robots. Getting into programming wasn't something that I would do until a little bit later. So I did the FLL for three years through middle school, that sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, and at the same time, I was, again, tinkering with robots at home and I was starting to get increasingly more complex with the robots that I was building for my own personal projects. We're starting with RC cars and I started branching out to more humanoid style robots. And then by the time I graduated from FLL, uh, I was 13 years old, um, now 14 going into ninth grade. Uh, I was too old to compete in FLL but then I had all of this that I had learned both through my competition experience and through what I had done with my projects and I wanted to find some way to share that with people. So I joined the FTC team at my high school, but at the same time I was mentoring the middle schoolers in the FLL team that I had just graduated from. And um, so I was mentoring them locally, but I wanted to see if I could reach a larger audience. So what I did is I, uh, in February 2015, produced my first tutorial. I believe it was on using the odometers in the EV3 robot to measure distances and use that to quickly program your robot and it wasn't my best work by any stretch of the imagination but everyone of course has to start somewhere um, and that was my first tutorial uh, it kind of flew under the radar I don't know that many people noticed it oh another thing that I should mention is I had the YouTube channel before I started making tutorials so I think I made the YouTube channel in 2014 and that's where I started documenting the creations that I was building at home showcasing the building and the programming and the 
the engineering that goes into it. So I had a handful of subscribers. By a handful, I mean probably maximum 20 or 30. And then I started publishing the tutorials, and that's where the channel really took off. And the tutorials that got people's attention were my series on line squaring, which is the major uh, technology, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, that I prototyped in First Lego League. And that's still my most popular video to date is the first line squaring video in that series. So uh, a handful of people in the robotics community noticed it, most notably on the Mindstorms EV3 Facebook page. And they really liked the idea of a kid teaching other kids. And they also liked the ideas that I had because it was pretty original. A lot of people focus on line following, but here I had a completely original idea that I hadn't seen implemented before, line squaring. So that's that's really where the channel started taking off is these uh, adults in the community, like educators, robotics coaches, and whatnot, uh, encouraging me to keep making more videos. They also challenged me on ways that I can improve my line squaring technique, and that's how I got that series of videos out of it as opposed to just the one video. And then at that point, I committed myself to uh, publishing one new YouTube video every Thursday. I chose Thursday as my day to upload. I don't remember what the reasoning was for it, um, but I just knew that uh, more important than picking a, a specific day was to just agree on one day that you're always going to publish every week. And I remained consistent with that for um, several years. I've taken a few breaks here and there for holidays and, of course, for my high school graduation. But I've stayed consistent with publishing the channel, and I've grown it gradually. And I've seen it. I saw the first explosion in viewership in September of 2015. So that was a few months after the channel uh, had been launched, and that's when I reached 1,000 subscribers. And they say the first 1,000 was the hardest, and that's really true because it snowballed from there. Because mm. the, then people who subscribe tell their friends, they tell their friends, and so now as long as I stay consistent with videos, I can keep growing my channel. And, of course, that's led to things like the book and stuff, and I, I could talk about that if you'd like to. Sure. Yeah, we'll definitely jump into that, to the book, because I'd like to get, get some insights on, on how that kind of came to be. But as you were talking, there's just so many questions popped in my mind. I mean, so when you were part of FLL for, for your couple of years, um, was your team successful? I have to ask that. People, people probably want to know. You Here you already got this YouTube channel. I mean, were you guys guys – state winners and did you compete internationally or were you just a team that that worked hard and things kind of developed like what was your your your, your experience with, with the FLO in terms of like the success that you had hmm. so we did have a pretty good amount of success in FLL and like I said I did it for three years so the first year in my sixth grade year we competed and we made it to the the finals of the Long Island regionals at the time which was pretty respectable my second year uh, when I was in seventh grade is when we won the Long Island Regional Championship and we went to the World Festival in St. Louis, Missouri, and that was in 2013. Okay. And so we were able to compete on the world stage there, which was an excellent experience. I don't remember what place we got there, but it, it was nothing really impressive, but like the experience itself was really cool for me. And then in my eighth grade year um, was also a very successful year where we won a lot of the Champions Awards in the, the regional competition. We didn't win again like we had the previous year, but that's where I think most of the innovative ideas that I have now came out of. And that's where I, um, most of the stuff that I show on my YouTube channel came out of that year. So while we didn't go as far in terms of the competition, I feel like that's where I learned the most. And my team was able to make the most innovations. And that's where things like you see in the uh, Sirius robot design came out. Because Sirius is like an EV3 um, 
like next generation of the robot I used that year, things like inverted motors and dog gears and tall motorcycle wheels and backwards placement of the EV3 brick all came from my eighth grade, my third FLL year. That's awesome. Yeah, and, I, and the reason I ask that, I mean, I know First Legally is, is not about winning. Um, it's about the greatest professionalism and the experience, like you said, and the memories and the things that you learn mm-hmm. along the way. Um, and while you did have success, it wasn't like you were number one in the world three years in a row. And I, I think that's really important for people to listen who are listening in to, to realize like you don't have to have trophies to convince yourself to get out and create work. And I, I like what you said earlier too when you talked about your first YouTube channel where you said it, or your first video, you know, you said it, it wasn't very good. But, but, but the key there is that you did it you started mm-hmm. and you continue to learn to get better and so at that age like how did you like did your parents support you in that matter like how did you go I'm just trying to think through of, of kids that are 12 13 14 that probably have a YouTube channel and are probably they subscribe to game channels and this and that um, but to get them to start thinking about creating their own work because I think there's so many people that have a, a great ideas that don't believe they have good ideas and just you got to get out there and get started so how did you get the nudge or the okay or permission? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough of, of the context that, that got you that, that first video out there. It's actually, that's also a really interesting story in itself. My parents have been very supportive people uh, throughout uh, my entire life, and they've always been um, challenging me to think critically about things. And um, my dad especially has an electrical background, so he'd, he'd explain a lot of how like, the, the different electrical machines and computers would work. And so that's what really got me the interest. But at the same time, they also emphasize the importance of getting your name out there. Like if you have a really good idea, you have to show the world. Otherwise, nobody's going to know and nobody will care because they don't know to care. Um, But the nudge, it was an interesting thing you said. The nudge that got me to publish the video came when I was at the World Festival in 2013. Um, There was a Lego MCP, that's Mindstorm's community partner there. His name is Mark Andre Bazargui. Um, and he was at the event showcasing the EV3 because at that point the EV3 was just a few months away from its launch. Mm-hmm. So he was there to kind of show it off. And he was also showcasing uh, one of his Wally robots that he had made, like a really uh, large, almost life-size robot. And he was driving it around the, uh, the pit area with, with all the teams. And uh, my robotics coach um, actually encouraged me to go over and talk to him about some of the stuff that I had made. At the time, I made... The first generation of the Timmy Ton robot, which now is an EV3 robot, at the time was NXT. And so he encouraged me to go talk to him about it. And so I, I described it to uh, Mark Andre, and he was very interested and intrigued about it. So he gave me his contact information, and he said, um, you should really make a YouTube channel so you could showcase some of your stuff, because I have some other friends that I'd like to share it to. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's got connections within the, the Lego uh, company and whatnot. So that was really the nudge to start making the videos for my robots at that point. Um, Because as I mentioned before, I just started documenting my robot creations. And so um, he, Mark andre then started spreading it around, like showing people some of the stuff that I was building. And that's kind of what got a little bit of the attention. So by the time I got the idea to start making tutorials, I already knew how to make the videos and how to publish them to YouTube. And um, so then that was kind of like the next... The next step for me, I think, is was to start making publishing those tutorials on YouTube. So, like, you if you want to summarize that one nudge, it was that moment in St. Louis, Missouri, when I met Mark Andre. That's awesome. You know, and it all started because you 
had that conversation. Had you not had that conversation, who knows knows where you would be. And so I think that's that's such an important lesson, like to constantly don't be afraid to reach out and talk to people and, and learn from others, you know, which is obviously so many people come to you um, for that very same idea. Um, and so you've talked a lot about you got you you've enjoyed cars you enjoyed the mechanical building and the designing and i know that you have scaled into programming and everything under the sun when it comes to the ev3 um but what's your process like so when when you're when you're coming up with a new idea um and or you're just building or tinkering like how do you work like what's that that kind of system is it just just random i mean do you you have are you one that has all your pieces and separate little containers you got them is it random like walk me through the 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 genius of 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 builder dude 35 as he's working through an idea or whether it's trying to solve a problem or or create something from scratch like what's what's that process look like for you so my process for building original robots i have um large sorting bins where i keep my lego elements they're not necessarily sorted in terms of element, just groups of elements. So it's somewhat organized in that respect. And when I start building a robot, usually I get some kind of idea on what I want to do. And as I mentioned, I started making RC cars. So I would make an RC car and then think about how I can improve it. Or like, But I always like to start from scratch. And when I start, I always start from the, uh, the mechanical side of things. When I start building, and usually I'm able to at least somewhat clearly visualize how I want the robot to be made in terms of physical components. And um, more recently, now that I've gotten more involved with the software side of things too, I can also visualize how I want the program to come together. But it's important that what I end up building doesn't always come together how I originally imagine it. In fact, it almost never happens that way, um, especially with some very complicated things. So my process for building um, the robots is when I'm working on the physical side, I'll just dive in and start building um, at whatever point in the build I think seems most logical. Like if there's some critical mechanism, I'll start there. So in the context of an RC car, of course I'd start with the actual physical drivetrain. So I'll start from the motors and then build outwards. And a lot of times what happens is I, I start building and then I kind of reach a wall where I can't build anymore because something's either not fitting together or it's not as sturdy as I wanted it to be. So what I like to do at that point is then rip it all together and then start over from scratch. Because um, I found that like trying to tweak the existing design that you have while it's not already working is not as fruitful. I like to clear the slate and then when I start building again, I naturally try a different approach and usually I make a little bit of progress in that respect. And I usually don't get it on my first try or my second try, sometimes even my third try. I remember when I was 13, I was building, building the Plethora 2 remote control car, which is probably still the most complicated mechanical thing I've made. I built and rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt <laughs> over the course of five months uh, in order to get a final result that was somewhat satisfactory. So in terms of building, there's a lot of uh, building and rebuilding from scratch that goes to work on it especially uh, with my pneumatic walking robot that I made about two years ago. That one took a lot of different designs, a lot of different failed designs, before I came up with something that was um, satisf- I was satisfied with. And then, of course, after I'm done with the hardware, I then go into the software programming. And usually that doesn't require as much trial and error, um, but there's still the, that element of try and see what happens in there. Um, and it also depends on what I'm building. Uh, or programming. 
And I recently did a research project having to do with GPS. So that was a lot of uh, trial and error involved with that, of course, because that was the most complicated thing I had ever programmed. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's it's it's so key. To, I mean, I know even going through a first Lego league season, how many times you wanna you have to rebuild your robot over and over and over again. You think you got it the way you want, and then you decide mm-hmm. to well, let's add this mission, and then all of a sudden nothing works ever again. And it's yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, um, been to that journey and I think that that's so great to hear I think a lot of times people see your work or they see these other robots they go I can never do that because they just think it magically appears overnight you know and it's in there there is that that grind and so you've been working you've been building these robots you've built out the the YouTube site you know, your subscribers are starting to to grow and magnify people are aware of you um, and now recently you have moved into another medium and you have published a book on, on top of all the other things that you're currently doing so how did the book come to be and and what was that process like because I'm assuming that it's there's some similarities but there's also got to be differences um, as opposed to trying to explain builds and design thinking on paper versus you know, turn on the camera and, and here, here, here we go. Yep. So a friend of mine uh, back in August 2017 uh, strongly encouraged me to make a LinkedIn account. And again, that goes back to the theme of getting your name out there. So I did it and I wasn't really expecting anything to come from it. But then in October 2017, just a few months later, the publishing company, Pact Publishing, found my LinkedIn profile and then found my YouTube channel. And they were impressed by the things that they saw there. So they offered me a publishing contract, and I was taken aback at first because I I wasn't it wasn't something that I was expecting, and I initially declined the offer because I wasn't sure that I would be able to meet their deadlines and their their specifications on top of all of the other things that I was doing in my senior year of high school, but they were very reassuring and they promised that uh, they they've worked with a lot of busy individuals before. And even though they hadn't worked specifically with a student as young as myself before, they said that they would be patient, they would work with me around um, my other deadlines in high school and uh, make the deadlines flexible so I could be able to achieve them. So they gave me an end goal and they said, um, by July, we should hope to have this published, um, but we'll make your deadlines flexible to see um, how it works out. And I was able to, to meet a lot of their deadlines. We were able to shift some of them a little bit, but I was able to finish the book early. Uh, like I said, they said July, and it was published in April. Uh, so that was that was the the process of how it went about. Of course, the, then we could have a discussion about like juggling all of the different workload with high school and writing the book. Uh, but you brought up the the question of the difference between explaining things on the YouTube channel versus explaining things on the book. Um, one of one of the uh, other things that intimidated me about the book was that it would be really difficult to do. And as I started writing, I was really surprised at how easy it was. There really wasn't that much different between uh, explaining things in the book versus explaining things on my YouTube channel. Because I felt like with the book, um, the publisher gave me enough of uh, a license to really put my own voice in there and explain things in the way that BuilderView 35 would explain it on the YouTube channel. Sure. So a lot of that was kind of like the same where I just use the same technique of the way I explain things in the book and um, I, I, I think that's paid off. A lot of people have told me that the book is very clear and easy to read. Um, so like this, the style mirrors that of the YouTube channel. Of course the actual content of the book is a little bit different where my YouTube channel is tutorial based and the book it's more project based. But I decided to take the same approach of explaining things 
at uh, like a level that anyone can understand in the in the book. And um, I always like avoid using jargon because I want anybody with any level of experience to be able to open the book or watch my video and explain what I'm talking, uh, understand what I'm talking about and explaining. Sure. And so I know that I mean, it, it, you kind of alluded to it, and so um, and I was going to ask it anyways. And so how did you how that balance work? So I mean, I I come from the perspective of an educator, and so. I'm just trying to think through, like, what what would I do if a kid approached me or uh, in my class is telling me he's he's writing a book, um, you know? So how did you how how that juggle as you're trying to keep up your school load, um, you still trying to push your content every Thursday on, on the channel because that's important to the brand and to to the mission of the work that you're doing, and you've also got this book project, and so yeah, you know, and I think that it's important for people to hear because I think so many of us go we just don't have time right like that's it's it's just the greatest excuse and it's also reality for a lot of people and so how did you juggle all that so people realize like holy cow like these things can be done um and maybe i need to stop making excuses for myself yeah there's there's i did a lot of stuff in my senior year of high school and even looking back on my uh, on it myself i wonder how i was even able to do it even stuff <laughs> people from the channel wouldn't even really know about because I, uh, of course, published the book and I, I stayed somewhat consistent on my YouTube channel. But I also made it to the International Science and Engineering Fair, um, that's ICEF, and I won the the local regional competitions. And I also made it to All State, um, the All State Symphony Orchestra playing the bass, uh, which you, you see behind me. Right, right. And um, so I, I did a lot of different stuff, <laughs> and I needed to find some kind of way to just manage all the time to do all of that on top of all of the other uh, coursework that I was expected from uh, in high school with all of the classes I was taking and apply to colleges and some of the applications are quite lengthy yeah yeah um, I had a lot of uh, my hold on let me rephrase that um, I'd say that my high school career is kind of like an exercise in time management more than anything else <laughs> where I gradually added more and more things um, and found ways to uh, kind of almost hack the time and make the most out of the 16 or so hours that we have a day when we're awake. Uh, when I started the YouTube channel, I quickly learned that making one video every single week on the week that you want to publish it is very inefficient. So right away, I started devising a method where I would do it kind of assembly line style, where I could sit down and make six videos over the course of one or two days when I had off from school, and then just schedule them to go out uh, whatever number of weeks in advance they needed to. And I found that that way you could just take a, a whole chunk of time and dedicate it to one thing, and it's that much more efficient than uh, individually producing the tutorials one by one. And that's what led me to the idea of um, uh, my whole time management philosophy. And this is kind of, it's going to sound strange to some people, but I found that multitasking is probably the worst thing that you can do in terms of time management because it's almost like you're trying to flip back and forth between two different tasks and you your brain needs some kind of buffer time in between them to really understand what you're doing what I found for most efficiency and this is what I've personally done uh, to manage all of the things that I did this past year is uh, I sit down and I make a plan for the day and I reserve a chunk of hours for one project and for those hours that's the only thing that I'm going to focus on so there's no multitasking no flipping back and forth so for example when I was working on my book uh, I would a lot of times take time during the weekend like Saturday morning I'd wake up early and I'd say okay so for this whole entire Saturday I'm going to just 
work on my book, and usually I'd be able to finish half of a chapter in just one Saturday. Of course, I'd need to wake up early and go to bed kind of late, but I also really enjoyed writing the book, so it hardly felt like work for me. So if it's something you enjoy, it comes a little bit easier too. So if I could, again, distill my time management philosophy into just a few sentences, it's just like set out a goal for a few hours and then just focus on that one goal for those few hours and then when it's complete then you move on to the next thing that you want to do so try not to flip back and forth or mix things together that's awesome you are uh, definitely wise beyond your years to be able to uh, it's one thing to understand that concept and it's another thing to be able to actually do and so um, it's why you're so successful that you've been able to figure out a system that works for you. And so hopefully um, if people hear that, it's, it's, it's so true. You've got to just stay focused on the goal or whatever it is that, that your, your uh, objective is. Um, so as we kind of wrap this up and bring this to a close, be respectful of your time. Um, one of the things that, that, I'm, that I'm thinking about here is as, as people go and start to check out your YouTube channel, there's probably a lot of people that have, are listening in that are well aware of you and there's also people that have never heard of you uh, they're like oh my gosh how have I not known about Build to do 35 for, for all this time and so it, as you work with people and, and you start thinking about EV3 and maybe not even just EV3 maybe just the idea of, of the engineering practices or building or coding what's some of your advice for those that are just getting started or for those that maybe think that, that they can't do this work? And by this, I mean, that could be at, at the whole umbrella of, of thoughts, right? Whether we're talking building or construction or coding or the, the whole thing. How do you, what, what would you say to that, that kid, that student, that parent, heck, even that teacher that just goes, I can't, I can't do this. Um, but I want to, but I just don't know how. Um, what would you say to them? Um, just give me a second. I'm going to try to organize my thoughts so sure, then when sure. I start talking, I can uh, <laughs> deliver it in the most um, cohesive and concise manner possible. Okay, so the, the most comprehensive advice that I could give to anyone starting out, like you said, if there's anyone who's saying that I can't do it, uh, everybody's going to have that moment where they, they look at someone else who's uh, who they think is very impressive and they look at them and say, wow, I'll never be able to do that. And I hate it when people get discouraged uh, from doing that, and I felt that too when I was uh, beginning. But you have uh, you have to look at it from the perspective of when you're looking at these people, these seasoned veterans. You're almost looking up at at the top of a mountain. They took a lot of time to climb that mountain and refine their their art and hone their skills to get there. And um, I'm I too am currently climbing that mountain. And some people look up at me and say, "Wow, how do you do it?" Um, I just say just if you want to start with anything, uh, not even just robotics, if, if it's anything, just go for it and get your hands dirty and see if you like it and um, try to develop some kind of method for doing what you love and also some kind of way to learn so you can gradually improve your skills over time because it's, it's like climbing a mountain. You're not going to get there in one day, one week, not even a year maybe. I'm still refining my building skills, my programming skills. Um, also need some refinement. Um, everybody's climbing that mountain, and maybe you'll you'll reach the top, but it's going to be a process of many years. So take everything as an opportunity to learn, and remember that everybody had to start from somewhere. That old proverb, "The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step," is so true with anything related to technology. So that's that's what I'd say to all of those people out there who are listening right now. It's, it's fantastic and it's, it's it's so true and I look at myself or I'm 
much, much older than you, and I still every day try to learn and figure it out and understand the journey, and, you know, you just keep chipping away at the process. Um, and so, I mean, the only, only way to go backwards is to simply not try. Absolutely. So, so as we wrap this up here, the goal of this podcast is really to get people thinking about what will their story be. Um, and you have an incredible story at, at, at the ripe old age of, of 17 with all that you've done and the insight that you've shared today has just been absolutely phenomenal. And so the last question that I have for you is what's your story going to be next? Like what's, what's next for, for, for Builder Do 35? Um, you've graduated high school. I'm assuming college is, is, is the next step there for you, but what else is, are, are, do you, do you, are you thinking about? Like what's next for you to, to keep you satisfied with that learning journey? Right now, I've actually I've taken a little bit of a break from robotics, and I'm reading a book called Napoleon's Buttons, which is about chemistry. And um, so I'm also really fascinated with chemistry, so I'm learning about that there. And as you mentioned, college is right around the corner for me. So this August, I'm going to be starting at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, up in Boston. And I'm super excited about that. And um, I'm, I go in undeclared. But I'm planning on majoring in mechanical engineering with a concentration in robotics. And that's getting back to the stuff that I really love. But I'm also entertaining the thought of uh, taking some chemistry classes to, to throw that out there and see if I really like it, chemistry or physics. Um, so it's like an experimental time for me to see what I really want to do. But right now the number one thing is robotics, and I, I think it'll stay that way. But it's always good to entertain the possibility of taking another path. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kyle, I wish you nothing but uh, the most success and getting to go to MIT is, that's a, man, what a reward. It's, that's going to be so exciting um, to be on that campus with tons of other amazing people like you and learning from, from the best of the best um, from, from all over the world. So that's that's going to just be um, a great opportunity for you. So, Kyle, if people listening in, where can they find you? They want to check out your work. They want to see what you're doing. What? Where is it that um, they should go um, to, to find your stuff? So the the main place that I, I publish is on my YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, you can type in BuilderDude35. The link to that, of course, is youtube.com slash BuilderDude35. And that's where I have um, over 200 of my tutorials and uh, robotics-related videos on there, other things like um, third-party uh, reviews and whatnot. And that's where I'm publishing my videos every week. And I also have, as a supplement to my YouTube channel, I have my website, which is simply BuilderDude35.com. And that's where uh, it's linked to my YouTube channel in a lot of different places. And that's where I also publish my videos, but I have a lot more information about my story and where I got started. And I also have all of my downloads on there. So my uh, robot designs, if anyone's interested in seeing uh, how I design my robots, you can study the LEGO Digital Designer and for some of the models in the book that I just published. I have PDF building instructions. And then finally, I have a Instagram page for my BuilderDude35 account where I um, have pictures of more of my day-to-day -day projects, what I'm working on, what my desk looks like at any given point of time. And that's more of the, uh, the process-oriented stuff if uh, people are interested in that. So those three places would be my YouTube channel, my website, and my Instagram page. Awesome. And we'll make sure we get all those links in the show notes below so people can click on those and, and, and definitely access that. And we'll also put a link out to the book as well uh, for those that want to check that out. And so, um, 
Kyle, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing episode, um, such great insight, and I just wish you nothing but the best uh, moving forward with all your endeavors and all the amazing things that you're doing. And really just uh, a huge thank you for sharing your insights and knowledge, not only here on the podcast, but on your YouTube channel. Um, I know of so many kids and teams and families and everybody that's either been inspired by the idea of getting started or just going to your site to to learn something new which can propel them to a whole new way way of thought so um continue to do that work and uh i just want to thank you for i know for the eight first Lego league teams that we had for many years and and everybody else that i know is aware of your stuff um we can't thank you enough for all that you do for the community well thank you very much it's i've, I've had a great time on the interview but also thank you for the opportunity because my main goal with everything is just to inspire people and now this hopefully will uh, find new ears who haven't heard of me yet and hopefully maybe my story will inspire another uh, kid to start picking up robotics or anything related to science and technology so thank thank you for that yeah and that's that's why we do this work is hopefully <laughs> just keep the inspiration going so thank you so much awesome great thank you